This message was presented at the GYC 2016 conference, when all has been heard, in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Okay, how many of you have tried sharing an Ellen White book? All right, all right. Which one? Steps to Christ is the most popular. Someone, something else? Great controversy. Great controversy. Great controversy. Oh, you've, you've done the whole, the whole range. How did it go? Did you have a positive experience? Put your hand up if you had a positive experience. Okay, good. Anybody have a negative experience? Okay, they honest. That is good. Yes. Okay, so you don't know. <laughs> well, that's that's one way to do it. You know, there's the big, you know, mail campaigns where they mail books to the houses as well and, and, and all that kind of thing. So that's that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. This afternoon we want to look at now just just a little bit of a, a recap. What we've done in the time, in these seminars, we spoke first about Ellen White as a person, and we did uh, an introduction about Ellen White as a mother, as a wife, uh, what kind of a person she was. Then we spoke about inspiration and, and visions, what it was like to have a vision, what was a vision, how did Ellen White interact with the Bible, uh, what was her relationship to the Bible? Was she more than the Bible, less than the Bible, equal to the Bible? So we dealt with this question, which I think is kind of foundational as we were building up. And then we did hands-on how to read Ellen White. And I personally found that a lot of fun. We did a lot of practical readings. We did some tough sections together. And we discovered that Ellen White promotes magnifies, updates, if you can call it that, biblical principles into a 19th century context, which makes it all the more visible and opens our minds and our hearts that the Holy Spirit can help us update biblical principles to the 21st century. So I think for some of us, at least, it, was, it moves us totally away from the arguments of how long your skirt is and all the other strange things when we can find the principles and when we can trace that principle back to biblical principles and we can see how the same spirit was still speaking and is still speaking. And he wants to speak to you and I in a 21st century context. So that's just a summary of what we've done over the here. This afternoon, we're talking about how we can share what we've discovered about what a gift we have with other people, with other people. So that's what we're looking at this afternoon. I'm calling it Introducing Ellen White. The first thing we need to remember when we want to introduce Ellen White is that you are the introduction. You are the introduction. What does that mean? Anyone? Yes. 
the way that you act. Absolutely. Remember, when someone comes to you with a book and says, here, read this, do you look at the book they're passing to you, or do you look at the person? You might glance at the book, but you look at the person, and you start summing them up. Is this a weirdo? Is this some sort of crazy that's trying to push something on me? What's in it for this person? We are suspicious by nature, and we should be. Because, I mean, everybody out there is trying to get you. They all want you to spend money, right? I mean, that's called advertising. So you know instinctively, or you should know, <laughs> you don't get something for nothing. You don't get something for nothing. There's always a tag to it. There's always a hook to it. There's always a price to everything. And so we're very used to it with advertising. When you say, when it says free something or another, we both, we all know it's not really free. It's free with purchase. It's free after you spend $40. It's free if you will listen to a series of lectures. You can get a trip to the Bahamas but you have to sit through a certain number of hours of lectures about how you need to make investments in something or another. All right? So we know that there's nothing for free. So you approach someone and you give them this book for free. And they are like, okay, what's, what's the catch here? What's the catch here? And they're looking at you to see what the catch is. We can't overemphasize. We are the introduction to any Ellen White writing. So, what would we like the other person to see? What would be a good introduction? Yes. A smiling person. Okay, this book that you're trying to give me, has it made you a better person or a worse person? And I'm going to think about that. I'm going to summarize. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to evaluate that very quickly. And I'm going to decide within a split second, is this book worth me taking or is it not worth me taking by what I see in your face? Are you happy? Are you beaming? Do you have Jesus' love in your eyes? If not, perhaps pushing a book isn't going to do the trick here. Okay. Another great way to share the book is to share an experience. Even as you are presenting a book... I was depressive. This book helped me. I've been through a split in my family. This book helped me. I didn't know how I could understand and read my Bible. This book helped me. Sharing an experience. 
And very often, if we are open, God provides opportunities for us to share our experience before we even think of a book over here. So sharing an experience is a wonderful way. Now I'm preaching to the choir. Why would I say that? Good, good, yes. Okay, well, let's turn that around. Which one of the doctrines uh, is based on the writings of Ellen White? Zero. We don't need Ellen White to prove a doctrinal point. She has many very, very good purposes and uses, and we spoke about that, remember? For those of you who were here in the second one, we spoke about what you'd be missing out on if you never read Ellen White. So it's fantastic. But unfortunately, unfortunately, in many places of the world, and even here, People get the idea or get blocked or get vaccinated to Ellen White by a well-meaning Seventh-day Adventist who starts off using the Bible and Ellen White in the same breath. And just put yourself in someone else's shoes. If, if someone was talking to you about the Bible and they were talking about the Book of Mormon at the same time, as if the two are equal... Wouldn't that make you suspicious? Wouldn't that make you suspicious? So, don't use her in a Bible study. The Bible can stand on its own two feet. Truth can stand on its own two feet. So, be, be sensitive to that. There will be a good time and a good place. And this is often, yes... Wow, you have that down. That is true. She says, and for those who weren't here, Ellen White, her main purpose was to uplift the Bible, magnify the Bible, and point people back to the Bible. So that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. A nice way to introduce someone to Ellen White is through a favorite quote. People are very open to favorite quotes. And there's a great time and a place. How many of you are active on social media? Hey, you've got a wonderful opportunity to share a favorite quote. Share a favorite quote on social media. Put and buy a, a, a short quote, a one-liner. People aren't going to read two or three or four lines. Just a one-liner. Just a one-liner and just put... E.G. White as your source, 
at the end. You don't have to put councils to the church or testimonies, volume 4, page 563. No, just put E-G-W even, or Ellen G. White. And just put them out. Good inspirational quotes, encouraging quotes, positive quotes, positive quotes. So sharing a favorite quote is wonderful. People are open to it. They will read a quote from Buddha. They will read a quote from Muhammad. They will read a quote from C.S. Lewis, uh, from whoever, an inspirational quote. So get her out there as a positive, a positive entity, not something weird or strange. Positive quote. Tell human interest stories. Tell human interest stories. When you, we will talk more about this in different situations, but people are interested in people. No one is interested in a saint or in a porcelain figure. People are interested in people. As soon as you realize that Ellen White was a person, a real person, with real questions, real problems, real issues, you can identify. You can identify and you can say, how did she do it? What was her secret? I, I, I want in as well. So real stories. For those of you who were here on the first one, for me at least, it was a new experience when I discovered about her son, Edson. That was a new story. That was kind of whitewashed, if I can call it that, that no one had ever spoken about that to me. I didn't know that she had a wayward son, a difficult son that caused big problems in the family. I didn't know that he wrote and said he's not interested in religion anymore. His mother must get off his case and leave him alone. And I didn't realize that he was 43 years old before he accepted Jesus as his savior. I didn't know that. And when how old he was, and when he did, he did it all the way. And of course, that's where he puts his weight behind the work in the South, where he puts, raises the funds, does the building of the Morning Star, and takes off down the Mississippi, where no one else wants to go, where they're all too scared. But I think it's a wonderful story. I think it's a wonderful story. All those years, there's a mother who wakes up in the middle of the night and says in her diary, yeah, I'm preaching to all these people. Yeah, I'm writing all these books and articles. And my own son, and my own son is not in on it. My own son. What will heaven be like if my own boy isn't there? It makes her very human. Very human. A little bit of this. Tell of her struggles and her victories. Ah. Uh, very often, as you know, for her it was the same thing. When she saw in vision, when it was explained to her, biblical principles that she had to apply, tell and apply, she didn't always like it. I mean, for one thing was the diet thing. Because she says that she liked her meat. 
and she used to eat a lot of it. That was her principal part of her diet. She hated whole wheat bread. She hated it. She didn't like vegetables. And, of course, she also didn't know how to cook them. So <laughs> apparently those first meals must have been fairly terrible because the, the bread was soggy and uh, the vegetables were poorly cooked. And she was like, and I've got to give up meat for this. <laughs> I'm going to eat this for the rest of my life. I think I'm going to die. So it wasn't easy for her. It wasn't easy for her. There were many small things, big things that she had to, her personal struggles with, that she had her own issues with. Yes? Oh, to actually... Mm -hmm. Well, yes. I'm, I will modify that slightly. That is... It, was, I, it wasn't quite said like that. It was said that the things that are distracting you will be taken away. Now, she didn't say that God would do it, but... Uh, Put it this way, you and I are living here today through grace. If God removed his protective hand, any number of things would happen to us. If you look at the odds of being born before, I mean right before you come out of the womb, it's pretty staggering against you. Of all the things that could go wrong, that are out to get you, and if you think of all the things that are out to get you right now, if God withdraws his hand for a moment, um, there's plenty to get you. So, <laughs> there's all sorts of things we take for granted. We take for granted around us that everything is as it was. But it's God's sustaining hand that holds things. Satan would like to obliterate life right now. It would be just fine with him. That's what sin does. It's total destruction. So, in a little bit of that answer to, to that question. We could talk a little bit more if you wanted to. Giving a book is a great idea. Giving a book is a great idea. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Even if it's not a great idea for right now, it could reap in the future. Okay. We spoke a little bit about this. Positively modeling advice. Positively modeling advice. If we want to share Ellen White with someone else, we need to be really positive about it. And we need to be positively role modeling this. Now, does that mean we need to be perfect? No. <laughs> Does that mean before I can share some counsels on, on health, uh, do I need to be super fit and, you know, have the ideal physique before I can share? 
it may help a little bit, but no, people are looking for real people. People are looking for real people. By positively role modeling, I'm saying, look, this is helping me. This is where I was at, and I am making progress in this area through this help. I want to share this with you as well. Okay? Positive role model. We spoke about telling stories. Well, anybody, where do I get stories to tell? Where do I get stories to tell? Life Sketches is a great book, yes. Yes, where do you get Ellen White's stories to tell? Ah, that's a good resource, yes, Pathway of the Pioneers. Reading her? Reading it yourself, the books, yourself? Okay, and you can tell about your interaction with the book, but stories about her life. Her home, her family, yes. Is anybody familiar? I'm sure you are, but any other Yes, and you can read that story for yourself as well as many other stories for free if you go to egwwritings.org and look under reference. We've got a lot of online books of stories that are really good. Nice stories also for sharing, for telling kids, to put into your own mind that you can tell stories. Since I started working at the White Estate, um, my family know <laughs> we're sitting down, we're doing something, we're eating something, and then I'll be like, did you know what Ellen White's favorite dessert was? Did you know that once there was a story about apple pie, and then I start telling a story about apple pie? And then I tell a story about when she got massaged in sugar instead of salt. Uh, you know, there's all these really cool stories that keep popping up. What was her favorite dessert? Lemon pie. Lemon pie was apparently her favorite dessert. And the apple, the apple pie story was kind of funny because she was living in Elmshaven, old lady, and she had a theology student. She often invited students over to her house. And so she had a, a theology student come over to dinner. There was, I believe, supposed to be quite a few, but somehow something happened, and he was the only one who turned up. So he was really, really, really nervous because here's this young man, and he's about to have dinner with the prophet. I mean, you know, what kind of table talk do you make? It's really, really nerve-wracking. So... He finds her the sweet little grandma type. And, you know, he's minding his table manners, and they, they're eating and making, making conversation there. And um, they have apple pie for dessert. Have apple pie for dessert. So he finishes uh, his food, 
quicker than she does, and he bites into his apple pie, and he discovers that the cook has obviously was a little rushed that day and had mixed up the salt and the sugar. So that apple pie just tasted horrific. So he has this bite of apple pie in his mouth that he would like to spit out, but he figures he can't do this, so he doesn't know what to do. So he says, well, just chew and swallow. So he chews and swallows, and he thinks, and now what? You know, sacrifices may, must be made. I'm here. I don't want to cause an embarrassment. I'm just going to eat this piece of pie up as quickly as I can. So he tucks in there, and he just gobbles that piece of pie up. You can only imagine sort of sweating his way through it, but he does it. And, and Ellen looks at him, and she's obviously a little bit perplexed that he sat in silence and the way he's gobbling that pie up. And then this big smile spreads over her face, and she says, you know, I almost forgot. I had three boys. I remember what an appetite they can have. Yes, please, have my peace. I really don't need it. Now, I would like to know how the story continued, but we get the story from the pastor, and he stopped the story at that time. So I don't know whether he decided at that moment to confess to the salt and say he really couldn't manage another piece, or if he bravely tried the second piece, we don't know. So, possibly at that moment, huh? So, telling stories is a good idea. It makes things interesting, makes things fun. You can make her writings part of your family legacy. How can you do that? You know, tradition is a nice thing. Sometimes it's a really bad thing, but sometimes it's a really, really good thing. When someone graduates from something, give them a book. Not just a cheap paperback. Go spend some money. Go get them a nice leather-bound Steps to Christ, perhaps. Get them a nice one with their name embossed on the front cover. Even if they're not very religious, get them something quality. Give it to them. They will not throw that away because it's a graduation gift and because it has their name on it and because it's valuable. I can't tell you the number of stories we hear that come back where a person got a Steps to Christ years ago as a graduation present or as a wedding gift or as a something or another and it sits on their shelf for years and years. And every time they move, they take that thing along with them. They look at it and like, uh, you know, I won't read this, but, you know, it's, it's a momentum, a memento of my graduation. So they take it with. And at the right time, the right place, God uses it. And they end up opening it and reading it. Or there are occasions where they never read it, but it gets passed on to a child or to a next of king who says, oh, this has dad's name on it. I wonder what it is. It's a part of a family legacy. So 
You're sowing something good. You may never see the results. It's costing you something, but it's a great idea. At any age, to a, a classmate of yours, when you graduate together, when you finish a course together, when you do an internship together and you want to commemorate the event, it's a wonderful idea to give a book. Give a nice book for a special occasion. And of course, we'll say this over and over and over again, positive, positive, positive. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about positivity. The other day, I spoke, um, I spoke about uh, a brother in my childhood, in my childhood church. He was an old man, he was retired, and he made it his job, he said that the time of trouble was coming and that we all needed to memorize the Bible and spirit of prophecy quotes. So he decided that that needed to happen and that he was going to help us young people to do that. So he would corner you outside the church door. He would corner you and he would say, you need to learn Psalms 87 and you will need to learn Great Controversy, page 100, the first paragraph. Got it? And you would say, yes, sir because he had this sort of like military general kind of demeanor. And then you'd say, well, he's an old man. He's probably going to forget. Ha -ha. He had a brilliant memory. There's no way he'd forget. The next week, he would be at the door, and he'd be looking for you. He'd be looking for you, and he would grab you, pull you aside, and he wouldn't let you go into the church until you'd repeated what he had told you to. And of course, you wouldn't have remembered it, but he will go and he'll remember it, you know. He that dwells in the, say it, repeat after me, and, and that's the, what he would do. Um, my friends and I, we didn't feel very positive. We didn't feel very positive about Ellen White. Uh, you know, I was telling the others, we would actually hover as a group outside the sanctuary door, a big group milling around and waiting, like, you know, you have the water holes in Africa and you have the thirsty zebras that want to go and drink, but there's like a lion in the area, so they don't want to go, so they all mill around until the lion actually catches something and then they all go and drink. So we'd all mill around until he caught one of us. And while that person was reciting, all the rest would quickly sneak in to, to get in quickly. So I can't overemphasize being positive. We'll speak a little bit more about this. We have a terrible crisis in the Adventist church, especially amongst our young people and our children, but we also have an older generation that are very negative towards Ellen White. And part of that, not all of it, but part of it comes from negative advertising. That is individuals that have introduced Ellen White in a negative way. And the harm can sometimes never be undone, or it would take years to undo. So the very best thing is to give a positive, a positive intro to Ellen White. The very, very best way. Now, you can do some different things as well. It doesn't always have to be starting off with that book. Be creative. You can use 
exciting different ways. I've just discovered this. It looks like this. Have any of you seen this? It's a paper USB card. It is so cool. You just, just go online and just put in Steps to Christ USB. Um, I was hoping that I could get, but I couldn't get the download information there. But you can buy these to hand out and to use. It has a little USB stick in that card. So you just pull up the sides of the card and you plug it into your computer over here. Before you plug it into your computer, you will register the pack that you've bought. And it's not expensive. You will register it. Then when I give you, I say, hey, here's something cool. Here's a really neat book. Have a look. And I give you this USB card. The experiments they've done with it, you have a 95% go rate because it's novel. You're like, oh, this is cool. How does this work? So you will take it and you will plug it into your device. When you plug it into your device, it will notify me on my device that someone has plugged in from the stack that I bought and it will show me location over here. It will also tell you, give you my contact or a contact way of contacting me. So I would say I will message you and I will say, hi, I see you reading my card. That's so cool. Enjoy. If you have any questions, let me know. Very, very nice. A very unique way of sharing. Other way of sharing. Keep looking at our website, EGW Writings. We're about to launch a game over here, the Ellen White Says game. This one is not for, this is for SDA young people. This is not for non-SDA young people. It's quotes of Ellen White, and the object of the game is to figure out if she said it or not. So that's, that's the game. Is this a legitimate quote or isn't it? I learned a lot. I learned a lot. So we are busy testing across the different platforms, and it hopefully will be out within a month for, for this one. Then, of course, we have MP3 books. You use them, right? They are really cool. They are really cool, especially for people who don't particularly like reading. It's nice to listen to when you are traveling, when you are exercising. You do a lot of? Okay, while you're doing something else. You have your hands free and you're listening, and you can go through a lot of books that way while you're traveling, etc. So MP3 downloads are just fantastic. And there's some really good new ones coming out too. Um, we've got some, several companies that are making really good, high-quality recordings of, of Ellen White books. That's very professionally done that you can buy as an e-book. Um, uh, well, and they are the e-books. Just very quickly... Over here, I just showed you, 
what you would do, you go to EGW Writings over here, you pull up on any of the books, you get the book and here are your options. You can download as a PDF, you've got your MP3s, you can download to your Kindle, you've got it all right there. And you can quite easily recommend, show to someone else. People are often more interested in exploring something electronically than in a hardcover book. There's just kind of less prejudice or more like I have control over it uh, when you do it electronically. Now, not with everyone, but it's another option. It's another option over here. You like the, you like the book. And the books are a good idea. They are a good idea. And they will never be replaced. But this is also pretty cool. I have a friend. Um, no, I, I had a friend. Uh, she passed away very quickly uh, of cancer. But um, she spoke to another Adventist lady. It was actually her neighbor. That's how we became friends. And she was interested in Bible studying like having a ladies' Bible study thing. But when she heard that we were Adventists and she, uh, that I was asked to lead this Bible study, and when she figured out that I was an Adventist, she obviously went online and checked us out and decided that she was dead scared that we were going to try and push Ellen White down her throat. So she said to us, we will... I will come to the Bible study, but no Ellen White. So I said to her, sure, no Ellen White. So we studied the book of John, no Ellen White, which is amazing because the book of John has all our fundamental beliefs in it. Um, it's all there. It's just the tag-ons. I was pleasantly surprised because I've never actually taught a Bible study out of one book. I mean, you could launch into others, but it's not normally where you start off with the state of the dead or whatever else from the book of John. But it was an amazing, an amazing experience. When we had enough, you know, friendship going there, uh, one day for Christmas, I gave her this book. I gave her Messiah by Jerry D. Thomas. And she looked at that, a little nervous, and she said, okay, and she took it, and she read it. And then I said to her, how did you like it? She said, oh, it was lovely. It was beautiful. I loved it. I said, yeah, you know, that book is actually based on another book. Have a look here. It's just based on another book. The other book is called Desire of Ages, and that's by Ellen White. This book is based on that one. She said, really? Ellen White wrote about Jesus like this? I said, yep, with a lot more detail. And he, he's just really summarized things and, and put it in different words. But her book's really cool. Would you like to read it? And she said, yeah, okay. So for me, now it won't work for everyone. But if you have someone who is extremely prejudiced against Ellen White and against her name, it's sometimes a good idea to give a completely different paraphrase. Let them read it and discover that it's not going to bite. 
It's not going to bite. It's not weird. And then you can introduce the real thing. The real thing. Not all the time. Not with everyone. But this is sometimes a good idea when there is a lot of prejudice over here. There were some people that really got upset about this book here. The Great Hope. Because The Great Hope is a real condensation of The Great Controversy. And it leaves out crucial chapters of The Great Controversy as well. And it's a real thin book. So a lot of people, not a lot of people actually, a small amount of people got really, really upset and said, how can we be handing out Ellen White books mangled like that without giving the whole story over here? But yet, this was a tremendous success, not in of and of itself, but as an introduction with a back cover page that says, you like this? Get the whole picture. Get the whole picture. For many of you, I don't know, but I, 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 like, going to, I like going to Costco. Anybody here like Costco? Yeah. Okay, I like Costco. And... I like walking around and looking at the samples. Are you also a big sampler? I like looking at the samples. I check it out, okay, is it vegetarian, is it this, is it that? I look at it. I got introduced to all sorts of stuff that I would never, ever have looked at if someone hadn't given me a sample. If I hadn't gotten a sample, I wouldn't have touched it. So many, we have many of these books which are great Samplers, great samplers that can suit different, different audiences. One would be the paraphrases, the abridged versions, and I, this is one of my favorite give, give out books, is Steps to Christ. But even for some folks, the Steps to Christ, the language is a little tough. Uh, if you're not a reader, if you're not a reader at all, you may find the language a little old and the style of the sentences a little old and it may be off-putting if you are not churched and if you have no contact with religious literature. What I like giving there is Steps to Jesus. Steps to Jesus is a very nice reworking of Steps to Christ, not changing anything, just making the sentences shorter in other words, where she uses a long sentence, which was how people wrote back then, we put in a full stop and start a new sentence. So chopping it up that way to make it easier reading. So they don't have run-on sentences, which was a big thing. Ellen writes with a lot of run-on sentences, which are fine. For, I mean, which are fine, and which were very in. If you read any of the other books contemporary novels or something of her time, you'll see they did a whole lot more than she did. Uh, she has an, actually a very clear, easy style comparative to, to her time period. But it is getting older in, in that way for us. I love using the conflict series. Um, Desire of Ages, Patriarchs and Prophets, Prophets and Kings, and of course the Great Controversy, I like using those as introduction books rather than giving someone counsels on diet and food or testimonies 
or something else. These were books that she herself recommended as sharing books. I would think twice before I gave someone who wasn't a Seventh-day Adventist one of the counsels or one of the testimonies. Because the genre is very different, and it is written for in-house. Now, there are, I'm not saying never do it. I'm just saying pray about it. Extra hard before you do it. Because it sometimes, when a person opens that and they're going, this is weird. Because just even the format of having a compilation is weird. What other books are there that are compilations like that? Where you have scatterings of stuff all put together and there's no storyline. It's just very, very strange. So you've got to try and think of it from an outsider's point of view, looking at it with their eyes. Yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an excellent sharing book when it comes to mm-hmm. publishing. On uh, the conflict series, you know, I couldn't agree with more. I, when I was doing full-time evangelism in the Greater New York Conference, a lady came to my meetings, and I gave her Patriarchs and Prophets. Yes. And she got through that. She was so enthralled. She comes back to me, and she said, Does that, did that woman have a direct pipeline to the Lord? I said, absolutely, she sure did. And the next question was, is there a sequel? No, well, that was and just said, what you wanted, huh? It's called Prophets and Kings, and I'll get one for you. She, she was hooked. Yes. Yes, she was absolutely hooked. She was absolutely hooked. So it's a good, it's a very good introduction uh, over here. All right. Very, very quickly. Very quickly. Here. What was your first Ellen White book? With you. Well, let's just do it together then. Can you remember? What was your first Ellen White book? Yes. Steps to Christ. Good. Anyone else? You started reading the conflict series. Good. You? Great controversy. Good. Okay. Excellent. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put it together. Good. Anyone else? What was your first book? Yes. Desire of Ages. That was probably, yeah, that was my second. I also read Steps to Christ first, and Desire of Ages my second, and they remain my two favorite books uh, over here. Was it a positive experience for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. We want that. You can't pay for a first positive experience. It is so important. Let's take a quick moment about another thing that's very close to me. Now, we have some parents over here, but all of you, all of you, collectively, we have a responsibility to pass on the flame to even a younger generation. We have this responsibility. How can we do it? Well, we've been talking about positivity, right? In the traditional uh, Jewish culture, 
I mean really conservative, traditional. Uh, you know, the boy, boys, uh, when they become, when they turn 12, they become sons of the law, and they have their bar mitzvah. Uh, but before that, they have to learn to read Hebrew. So they learn to read Hebrew. And when they're learning to read Hebrew, the first time they read God's name, everything comes to a standstill. Everything comes to a standstill, and they will say, stop, stop, stop. And someone will run to the kitchen and come back with their finger dipped in honey. And the young boy who's just read God's name will open his mouth and he will get some honey on his tongue. You know why? Because every time you say God's name, it must leave a sweet thought in your mouth. It must create a sweet memory in your mouth. Think of Ellen White's writings. Do you think a new generation is going to get a sweet taste in their mouth when they hear Ellen G. White? That's what we want. We want a sweet taste, a positive association. So it be even before the children are big enough to be reading themselves, we don't want negativity. We want positiveness. As soon as, as soon as, and this is probably the best, one of the best ways, ask a 12-year-old, ask a 13-year-old to help you in research, to help you, to sit by you, to assist you. It's amazing. Say, I'm doing an Ellen White study on God's love. And I want you to help me here. Come, help me. Make them feel like they are helping. They are extremely techy, as much as you are, or more so already. And they feel happy to be involved over here. We've, I've spoken about our website very often. Give an easy-to-read book or paraphrase. And here we go. If you have any Pathfinder age group in your church, recommend a game, the Pitcan game. That is a good introduction. We're busy working on Pitcan 2 at the moment. Pitcan 1's there, and for our Pathfinders, they can earn the Ellen White honor by playing the pitcan game. And that's where one could go for the pitcan game. You can see it's available in quite a lot of different languages as well. We keep adding languages to it, it to add a good taste. Before we finish, we're almost at the end here. You've done very well, almost at the end. I hope you've got some positive hands-on tips Here's a couple of, we've done a lot of do's, and here's perhaps a couple of don'ts. Just a couple of don'ts. All right. I know none of you would be tempted to do that, but just in case, don't use Ellen White as a weapon. Um, if the person you are talking to, even if they're an Adventist young person, if they are not in love with Ellen White's writings, Quoting her 
To stop them doing something is not going to help. It's not going to help. It's just going to make them more negative. So if they don't, are they not positive about her, they don't like her, and then you say, what are you doing? You know that Ellen White says you shouldn't do that. It's not serving any purpose. It's not going to stop them doing it. Don't use Ellen White to end a discussion. Use her to begin a discussion. Young people, children even, get very upset when they say, why can't I watch that? Why can't I go to that movie, for instance? And we say, because Ellen White says you shouldn't go. That is not a good argument. Explain the biblical principles. I think we often resort to that, especially an older generation has resorted to that because we didn't know ourselves. We couldn't explain the difference between going to the movie theater and watching it on TV. So we just said, Ellen White says you can't go to the theater. But we haven't taken the time and the effort to figure out what the biblical principles are. And then point out how they work in the Bible and how they work for Ellen White and present it in a clear and logical way. We can't use her to try to control other people. And now here's the temptation. Here's the temptation, especially when we come back from GYC. Don't use Ellen White as your badge to show off that you belong to an exclusive club. You know how you are. You know that the people in your church aren't really into Ellen White. So you walk around saying things like, in my devotions yesterday, as I was reading Great Controversy, page so-and-so, so-and-so, I discovered this and this and this and that. And last week, the Holy Spirit impressed me while I was studying that and that and that from such and such testimonies, volume six. By the way, I'm finished all of the other testimonies, but I try to read through them once a year. Um, is it helping anyone? Is it encouraging someone to start reading? It's saying, I am better than you are because I read Ellen White and you don't. I'm not saying, come, join me. This is a journey that I've so enjoyed and I want to share it with you. This is saying, I'm an Ellen Whitey. I am more exclusive than you are. And we don't want that. Very briefly, let's not forget our product. Let's not forget our product. We have something wonderful to share. We have something wonderful to share. Her writings have so much to offer us personally, to offer our family, non-Adventists, our kids, our grandkids if we have them. So much to offer. Let's be open to repackage. By repackage saying, Lord, what is the best way to share with so-and-so? Should it be a book? Should it be an e-book? Should it be this? Should it be that? What would be the best book? Show me. Open my mind. And God does answer. He does tell you. He does tell you. And this is the objective. We don't want to make people followers of Ellen White. We don't want to make people followers of Ellen White. We want people to fall more in love with Jesus through Ellen White's books over here.
And finally, some of the sites that I've been talking about and promoting all along, in case you haven't gotten them. There we go for you to have a look at. Thank you very, very much, especially for the brave souls that have been here quite a lot. It's been a long, a long journey for you. Thank you for, for joining me. And I hope you are going to leave here really excited about tackling her for yourself and sharing her with other people. Let's end with a prayer. Our great Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the privilege of sharing with my brothers and sisters through all, throughout this time, but especially this afternoon, some practical do's and don'ts, some of the wealth of material that we have, some of yeah, that creativity that you want us to use, that you want to inspire us with as we connect with our communities, with our families, with our environment, and as we share such important things, such important themes for these times as we prepare people, as we prepare ourselves to meet you soon. Thank you for this great privilege. I want to pray for each one here as we close out 2016. I want to pray for them in 2017 that your Holy Spirit will accompany them, that they will see Jesus more clearly and fall in love with him more than ever in this coming year. For I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. This message was presented at the GYC 2016 conference, When All Has Been Heard, in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. For other resources like this, Visit us online at www.gycweb.org.